Hey friends, welcome to the Christian Heritage Podcast. I'm James Pruch. This podcast comes from our weekly live stream where our CEO, Roy Baldwin, and I talk about the intersection of trauma, human flourishing, and the church. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to our live stream slash podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Roy, how are you doing today? James, I'm doing well, although you probably will hear in my voice, my I don't know what I did. I don't think I'm coming down with anything, but my voice is feeling very guttural, so I'm not angry. <laughs> it's just, it just I feel like I'm, I could sing in a in a acapella quartet right now and do yeah, the bass really well. You'd be the bass. Yep. Well, welcome if you're joining us. We're actually not live streaming today. We're recording a little early, so we're coming off a weekend whenever and wherever you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about partnership. You can see the title, Building Healthy Partnerships in Ministry. And really, it's a topic we haven't gotten into all that much, though we've alluded to it, but we're going to tackle it directly today, really because what we do at Christian Heritage and most ministries around the world are dependent on good, healthy partnerships. Uh, and so as we think about what we want to do, where we want to be, how we want to continue to serve uh, children and families here in Nebraska and really beyond, uh, we need good partners. Uh, and so that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, here today. I want to kick us off, though, to set the stage with a passage that's been close to my heart as I think about ministry. And it comes from Philippians 1, and then we'll kind of get into the topic. And I'll turn it over to you, Roy, to talk about where your heart is at on this. But it's from Philippians 1, 3 through 5. Now, Paul's writing a letter to the Philippians, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Uh, and if you're watching, uh, I couldn't fit the rest of the, the passage on the screen. But in the, in the next verse, it's very well known. Paul says, you know, and I basically I, I trust that God is going to bring to completion what he began in, in you. And so you see that phrase partnership in the gospel. The Philippians were financial partners with Paul, but he also knew them. He mentioned some of them by name later in the letter. He's praying for them. He's remembering them. And he says, I know that God's going to work with you. There's going to be mutual growth, mutual benefit. Uh, and so from the very beginning, of the Christian story, the, the Christian mission, you know, partnership was key for the gospel to advance. Uh, and while we do a different kind of ministry from Paul, uh, we're still about seeing God's mission advance in the world. Uh, and so partnership is, is key for us. Uh, as we like to say, you know, we don't want partnership to just be transactional. We want it to be relational intimate, whether people are giving financially, whether they're a foster parent, a host home, whether they come out you know, to our facility and volunteer, however people partner, uh, we want to have the same attitude of Paul. We thank God for you because you are in it with us. You're on mission with us. So that just sets the stage. Uh, we could go into a whole lot more from the New right. Testament about what Paul thinks about partnership. But Roy, just to kick us off, when you think about building healthy partnerships in ministry from a big picture, you know, what are some things that, that come to mind? Well, just to build off, right? Uh, the verse, you know, Paul writes this, um, this shared purpose is, is the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I love what he writes. He says from the very first day, right? This isn't, this isn't, 
Like this isn't something built over time, but this has been the intent from the very beginning about a partnership in the gospel. And so I think that really gets to, you know, who we are as an organization and what we believe about the gospel. Um, you know, at some level, um, and this is, I think, some of our work that we've been doing over the last two and a half years. Yeah. And I think that's always been at, you know, the things that the organization has wrestled with. But to simply see us as a foster care agency in some level is short circuiting, yeah. I think, ultimately our bigger kingdom purpose as an organization. Yeah. Um, the bigger purpose of, the, of our organization, if we claim Christ, which we do, we are evangelical, which we do, we're biblical, which we are, at, at some level, it, it, our purpose is much larger than yeah. foster care. Um, it is about, um, it's about the gospel. It's about advancing his kingdom. We specifically do that by caring about the most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, and today we are, had our senior leadership team meeting and, you know, I showed a clip um, from the Matt Chandler that talks about that Jesus wants the rose. And if you've never seen the clip, like I highly recommend, it's kind of a classic, Yep. Um, but it's this beautiful picture of how Matt went to see, he took a single mom um, and they went to this concert, a worship concert to hear one of his friends and who did a great job. But then the pastor comes up and says, hey, we're going to talk about sex. And the way yep. he positioned it was, as he took this rose and said, now pass it among everyone, you know, that was there, which he says were over a thousand people there. And as he's talking about it, really his talk on sex was just fear mongering. Yep. Um, and by the time the rose comes back to the speaker, the pastor, it's damaged. And, you know, the pastor says, now who wants this rose? And Matt so eloquently, he's like, Jesus wants the rose. Like, this yep. is why Jesus came. And so when I equate that to what we do is we deal with a lot of broken roses. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of the work we do in children and families. And we, we are motivated to say, well, why do, why do you care so much about the vulnerable kids? It's because we care about the broken rose and not because it's trendy but it because it's because of what Jesus has done significantly in our lives. For me, that's at the call. That's what Philippians is about. We need this partnership around the lost and around those who are hurting and wounded, who've been traumatized. And we have people who are willing to open up their harm, their homes, their yep. hearts. That's a shared, that's shared purpose. That's a yep. partnership. That's not, yep. there's nothing transactional about that. Yep. And so I think that's why that's kind of what, I think we're after now in ways that we've never been before as an organization. Yeah. It's, I, I love that clip and we'll put it in the show notes. If you haven't seen that, you need to see it. And at some level, the reason we need healthy partnerships with each other is we're all the rows. Yep. You know, Amen. To look at someone and go, Hey, you're, you're, you're more broken than I am. Is like, Whoa, <laughs> how, how do you know? Well, we all need Jesus. We are all on a level playing field in that sense. Uh, and so we partner together as we seek to expand God's mission in the world. And Roy, you know, you talk a lot about here, you know, shared ownership, owning the mission, owning the vision, uh, owning, you know, uh, expectations, celebration together, all that stuff. Uh, when I think of shared ownership, you know, I, I can see people struggling because they might feel like, well, but I don't, 
Like, I don't, I don't do what you do, Roy or James, or maybe a foster care specialist or somebody right. works on our families together team. Like I'm not in the trenches every day. How can I own as much as you, you do? How would you answer somebody who, who asks that, that kind of question? Well, I, I think I think there's a couple things. Is I the way I look at it is we all wear very different hats. We do that within the organization itself. At the end of the day, I'm not the tip of the spear when it comes to our foster care specialists or even our foster families who day in day out, hour in hour out, yep. are caring for children. Um, and so, you know, I'm not doing that work, um, but I'm I'm making sure that. You know, I am doing everything I can as the CEO to create the right environment where the staff feel supported, our foster families feel supported, even though I might not be doing the work mm -hmm. itself. Um, I've got to be providing the right um, the right environment to allow us as an organization flourish. And so that's part of you know what we're doing internally, externally is, well, you might not have the finances, but I, I really care about the work that you're doing. I will pray for you daily. I yeah. will, here's, here's a, here's a gift. And it's not just, Hey, I checked the box, you know, I'm getting my, ta I'm working on my tax exemption. I guess there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but, but we, but I, I guess I'll selfishly say we want more. I mean, I, yeah. I want you to feel connected to the fact that every little piece of what we do every day is connected to at some levels, life giving work that's happening to that child. And, and that's on us to share those successes and share those stories. But at the end of the day, it's that, that's that mm -hmm. missional part of that. And, and if you're not lining, like if you're not lining up like that with another organization, I would just then find the right organization that does yeah. that for you. You know, don't just do that because I, you know, cause I think we can be guilty of that internally. Oh yeah. Foster care and adoption, right? You know, we ask, you know, people foster, they're interested in adoption. They get adopted, right? They adopt a child and all of a sudden, they, if they're not prepared well for that, they get out there and then things start, you know, becoming difficult, which it is for many of our post-adoptive families. And then they don't necessarily have all the structure and supports that they once did, you know? And so what's our responsibility mm -hmm. that many can walk away feeling discouraged and like, well, like I was, I thought I was doing all the right things. Like now it's hard. Like who's in this with me? That's why, you know, at some level we can't just say, Hey, just do this. And then we, you know, they feel cast aside. So it's this idea of this long-term, you know, um, this long-term relationship of coming alongside through all the messiness and really supporting those better outcomes Foster families right now need your help in the church. Adoptive yep. fam post adoptive families need your help in yep. all of that. So that's that's what kind of what I'm thinking or processing through that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, uh, having this thought, get really practical. You know, one of the ways that, that people can really partner well with Christian heritage, I think, is you know, and we'll we'll say this again at the end. You know, we sent out a monthly newsletter. We'd love for you to read that. That's one simple way to partner Absolutely. with us. Pray as you read it. But but even more, if you're if you're somebody out there, you're like, okay, what can I practically do to take, you know, maybe I maybe I can't like physically get to every foster family who has a need for, you know, encouragement, need some help around the house. You know, here's something that you could think about. If you reach out to us after you listen to this episode or on our Facebook page, or email Roy or myself, if you're somebody's like, hey, 
when there's something that's going down and you need someone to pray in the moment, you can text me. I had some people when I used to work for Crew, uh, the campus ministry I was with, you know, they would just say, hey, when you're going into a meeting with a student that's that's maybe going to be hard or you don't know where they're at spiritually, could you just text us and we'll pray for that 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 student? That's not for everyone, but that might be you. You might be that person and we don't want to undervalue prayer. That's like top of the list in terms Agreed. of needs. Agreed. We need you to pray. So maybe you, we won't give you details or names, but we might have someone who's like, hey, they're going to text you when this comes up or that comes up, or we're going into this meeting, or there's this important uh, court date that we have. Could you pray? We would love to share those kind of things with you, just so you know. God knows the details. You might need, you might not need those, and we might not be able to give them to you. Uh, but that would be a huge way that you could just step up and, and kind of put into practice some of those things Roy just mentioned. Uh, and I just think, Roy, that's like, you know, I, I'm a really practical person. I'm a really yep. logical person. Yep. And so sometimes I just undervalue prayer. And I, I don't, you know, I, I know I pray. I, I kind of think pray and I kind of say, right. oh, God, like, you know, I, I kind of joke, like I try to solve my problems while I pray, while I'm trying to come to the creator and sustainer of the universe. But prayer is so important and we need, we need prayer partners. We need people that are like, I am praying for you daily. I'm praying for the kids and the parents and, and the, uh, you know, the adoptive families, the foster families, the host homes. I'm praying for mentors. Uh, we need people who will pray. Yeah, no, I agree. I think sometimes we, I, I think you said that really well. I think we, we undervalue the, one of the greatest um, privileges we get as believers where we can go before Abba Father himself yeah. and intercede on each other's behalf. Um, that's low, really actually really low hanging fruit, but one of the most critical things that we can do. Yep. But there's so many other ways, like in your church, you know, finding out who your foster families are within your church and how do we come alongside them? Maybe they need a meal. Maybe they just need a respite. Um, we, you know, we're doing care, you know, we think about care portal, you know, we have lots of different care portal churches around Lincoln and Omaha. We always are looking for more churches, but you know, I think since. So Roy. Yeah, go ahead. Since we partner with Care Portal, and some people might not know, why don't you explain what what Care Portal is? Because that's a partnership we have, and some people might not know. Hey, if you partner with Christian Heritage as a byproduct, you're partnering with Care Portal. So w what is that? Yeah, no, you talk about you talk about a healthy partnership, right? We have a we are an implementing partner for Care Portal. Care Portal basically is this information communication highway or interstate that really connects us to. Department of Health and Human Services. Um, and so they will put, um, so we train their staff, we train churches to connect the needs. So for example, there could be a, a parent who, you know, if, if, you know, if there's no kind of intervention, their child will come into child protective services. And so they might need bed frames or they might need diapers or they have kids that actually come into foster care and like, hey, yep. we're in desperate need of this. Yep. So they put that into Care Portal. Care Portal then sends that out. So immediately it goes out to the five or six churches that might be in that area. Mm -hmm. And that church then has the opportunity to respond to that need. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's a just, you know, like I yeah. said, it could be a diaper. It could be a bed frame. Yeah. What we do as an organization is we help build. We're that bridge between where the need is and where the church is. And it's a beautiful thing. Twenty mm -hmm. Since 2017, $1.3 million the That's church amazing. has responded to across Nebraska. 
And we, and by the way, that need continues to grow up, right? That need's not going down. So we're always in the, we're always looking for churches. We're always looking for people to participate in just meeting those very tangible needs. It's a great partnership. That's great. I don't remember. I interrupted you, so I don't even remember where you were going, but I just wanted to make sure we got that in in case people were like, what's Care Portal? I don't know what that is. But By the way, in your church, you might be listening. You, you, you might catch this somehow uh, through the magic of the internet, and you are not even in Nebraska. Chances right. are there's a Care Portal church next to you, uh, and or, or you might be a part of it, uh, and so you could be a part of Care Portal wherever you're at. Well, but, and again, this is, I mean, this is, this is our metamorphosis as an organization, you know, we're not just out saying, hey, can you foster parent? Yep. No? Okay. And we, you know, we would move on, uh, you know, we, we, but we want, we want so much more. We want to be on mission. So we talk a lot about, you know, it's a new day in child welfare. The reason why it's a new day in child welfare is we're not okay with outcomes in kids. Yep. We believe that children should be flourishing because of the work we're doing. That 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 requires so much more than just someone saying, "Hey, we want to take a kid into our house." It takes a community around that family yep. to care for them. It takes, you know, it takes resources. It requires finances. It requires prayer, probably yep. more importantly than anything. And that's why, you know, we talk about this at Christian Heritage. We, when we make a, a phone call or we send out an email and you when you start hearing the word, hey, we're, you know, we want to partner with you. Like this is getting to the heart of what we mean by partnering with us. Yeah. It's shared purpose. It's shared ownership. Not because of, not because for us, you know, we're, we're simply wanting to advance God's kingdom by reaching the most vulnerable in our communities. That's what it means to partner with Christian yeah. Heritage. Now let's do, let's talk a little bit about the financial side because yeah. when, when, you know, that's a, that's another significant way people can give um, in addition to tangible needs and prayer, you know, we talk a lot about the need for foster parents. Not everybody needs to foster. There's only, you know, in, in Nebraska, there's about 4,000 foster kids a day. I don't, you know, for those of you, I'm saying this sarcastically, you know, the math, there's about 1.9 ish million people in this state. We don't need everybody to be a foster parent, but we yep. do need a lot more people supporting foster parents, supporting what we do in our preventative program, families together, uh, supporting host homes. We need people praying and we need people giving. Uh, so we raise money for families together. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'll come back to that, but maybe we could even talk just Roy, you know, just, it's no secret you know, what we provide for foster care is not overly funded by the state. No, we come up short. And so we even have to raise funds for foster care. So I just want to make sure people know that we are, Roy said this before we, I think we did it in our first or second podcast. We are so committed to continuing to do foster care for as long as the state would have us. Uh, but we need to raise money to help continue to, to support our foster parents. I don't know yeah, if you want I mean, to add anything to that. Uh, you know, again, I, you know, I, I've seen different rate reviews. I mean, there's a lot of going on within our state right now here in Nebraska when it comes to what we believe about child well-being. And I think that's going to continue to evolve probably over the next few years as we really look at, you know, how to care for kids really well here in Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, the reality, the current reality is we're underfunded 8 to $15 per day per child. Yeah, um, so we, it adds up really quick. And so our goal is, you know, how do we make up? How do we make up for that gap? Yep. 
Um, and we try really hard to do that. Um, but again, that's why that shared purpose and being on mission is so important. But it's a very difficult one because like, well, you know, I'm already kind of contributing through my tax dollars. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still not enough for, for us to provide the kind of services, the life-giving services that we do in our homes, the staff that we try to train and support, you know, and creating the right infrastructure around them. So, yeah, I mean, we every day we've got to work really hard at being good stewards. Now, the other side of it is raising raising money for our preventative program. And that's a big part of the metamorphosis that you're talking about as an organization, because really what we're trying to become is a, is a nonprofit Christian organization, also known as a, par a parachurch. Some of you may have heard that term. Parachurch literally means you come alongside the church. And as we talked about earlier, like our, our mission is to mobilize the church uh, and the government doesn't fund us to do that. And so re we really want God's people to be the ones who, through their own generosity, fund our ministry, just as Paul had. You know, just, I mean, Paul made some tents on the side, right? But uh, you have Christian ministers throughout the history of, of the church uh, that God's people provided for. And so that's a big part of the change for us is we, we're no longer just a foster care agency. We have to make up some money there to begin with, but we're also trying to build and sustain this preventative program, this non-contracted, volunteer, privately funded, church-driven, spirit-empowered, all the other hyphenated adjectives I could come up with here, uh, so that so that this can thrive and we can be on the really the cutting edge of prevention in Nebraska. And so, so my heart, you know, as as kind of the you know development director, I think, you know, we want to value relationships. We want people to to have this sense that they are on mission not just i give you a donation uh, and just for those of you who are listening we, we're actually even changing our language internally so i want i want this to be very clear for everybody listening we don't talk about donations we talk about gifts because you're giving a gift you're not making a donation we're actually starting to get get away from the term donor and we're using financial partner and so we have lots of different kind of partners uh, but now we don't just have donors because that's, again, to me, and I think, Roy, you'd agree, like that's a transactional kind yeah, of language. Correct. And so we use the term financial partner. Uh, we have a newsletter to communicate with everyone. People who give, yes, but even if people aren't giving, they can get on that too. But that's because we believe when you give to us, you deserve to know what's going on. It's, by the way, that's one of the reasons Paul wrote letters. It wasn't the only one, but he wrote back to these churches that had given right. to him. And so we believe, man, if you give to us generously out of what God's given to you, you deserve to know what's going on every month. We, we do not, we refuse to be the ministry that doesn't communicate the stories and, and just the happenings that are that are going on. You, you deserve to know. So that just shows you just some of the shift that's happening. Uh, and, and we hope, you know, these are these are good things. We hope that especially if you're a, a financial partner, you sense like, OK, these are good things. And hopefully you've, you've noticed that. Uh, but it is a little bit of a mind shift. Uh, we, we want to have that give and take relationship that mutual partnership and not just, okay, I, I give some money to Christian heritage. We're, we're really grateful for that, but we really want your heart. We want, we want you, we, you know, we're not out to get your money. That's not what this is about. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's why I love how we started this whole conversation off really looking at Philippians, yep. like from day one, 
you know, this has been about us spreading the gospel. Um, and the way the early church spread the gospel, and we've talked a lot about this, was they were caring for. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. They were caring for those who could not care for themselves. I mean, they were responding to so much, you know, woundedness and, you know, um, you know, the things that at that time the Roman culture discarded yeah. the church was embracing, you know, hospitals, you know, so I, so when I think about the early church and what they were responding to, that's what really Paul, this is laying the groundwork and the foundation of yep. what partnership really, what, what partnership really yep. looks like. Yeah. I mean, when you think about what could be revolutionary today, caring for vulnerable people, being radical with your money and your generosity, being a prayerful person, like those are radical things. That, that our culture doesn't value, no. uh, inviting a child into your home, inviting several children into your home, uh, you know, who, who seem to not be welcome anywhere else. Like those are just mind boggling, uh, radical things that can completely, you know, change the world. Uh, they are, they're world changing things. Even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, uh, it honor, it honors the Lord and it, and it will change, you know, change the future. And that's what, I mean, we, we've, you've heard us say that before. That's our, that's our mission. We want to change the future of child welfare and it takes, it takes everybody. It takes a village. We, we probably, I don't know if that's technically TBRI language. Uh, you might hear that coming up, but it does take a village. And that's what we're doing in our ministry is it doesn't just take the, the foster care specialist, or it just doesn't take the CEO. It takes everybody who's contributing in all different kinds of ways. And I think it just reminds me, Roy, of the body of Christ and, you know, Paul's writing on that and, and how the hand does this, the foot does that, the eye does this. We all have a part to play. We do. Uh, and that's what's beautiful about partnership. So Lee, so I, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go here a little bit. Um, Cause I think Great. it's, it's a, it's an important, I think this is really important when we talk about what is building healthy partnerships really look like. Hmm. This goes back to the conversations we were having about emotional and relational warmth in yep. specifically we're talking about parenting and fatherhood. So since day one, since I've arrived, and you, I know you all have heard this, but they haven't heard from me, but I think this is key when it comes to building healthy partnerships. It is the sincerity of that relationship and how trust is built yeah. within that partnership that is vitally cr critical. And this is where, this is the key. As I said from day one, I am going to disappoint you at some point. <laughs> And I, and I do it on a regular basis, right? Because I'm not a perfect person, I yep. think. And this is where it gets to the heart of really building healthy partnerships, especially with Christian heritage, is we are not going to do this perfectly. Yep. Um, it's messy. Um, and not only is the work messy, but we're messy. This goes back to the rose. Like we're all kind of damaged roses. Yep. That's why the gospel is so important for the work that we do, because it's greater than all of us. It's something bigger than all of us. Yet imperfectly, we're going to live it out daily. Yep. Um, but like, so how do you work through then the imperfections of partnership? It requires intentionality around constantly fighting for trust. It's constantly fighting for when there isn't maybe... You zigged and you should have zagged uh, hmm. when it comes to caring for, you know, just not the brokenness that God's called us to, but our, but our own. Hmm. So I think one of the key parts of this is really being authentic, sincere about what, what the challenges are. It's not, you know, in some ways pulling any punches. Um, it's extending mercy and grace. This is what a partnership 
really talks about because you know you can start looking at Philippians, right? And it's like, hey, we've been in this through day one, and then the rest of the letter is like, and let me tell you why it's so messy, right? Let, let me let me point out to you like where you're dropping the ball. Um, and and Paul, you know, if anyone, Paul would say, and I'm the worst of all sinners, right? He mm. would he would completely own like, and I'm imperfect in this too. But I think that's really when it talks about building healthy partnerships. It's not this unrelevant, unrealistic, realistic yep. look at the work God's called us to. It's just owning it, right? It's owning it at the end of the day. So where Jesus is doing that. And so, you know, it's messy serving foster families. It's messy serving posted, right? It's messy serving adoptive families. It's just a messy part of what that is. And we're going to have to work through that. And this is how we do this here at Christian Heritage. And this is what I, be- I think is beautiful about building healthy partnerships in ministry is giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. It's having the hard conversations. But why is that so important? If, if we don't have shared purpose in that, James, yeah. it's going to be more than messy. It's going to be dysfunctional. Yeah. And at some level, we have to fight hard to have that shared purpose, creating those meaningful connections in a way that we are believing the best in the work that God's called us to. I love it. It reminds me, you know, later in Philippians chapter four, Paul's able to say to, you know, two, um, two women in the church, I would assume right. probably, you know, they're, they're significant either church members or leaders in Philippi, because he mentions them by name and he says, Hey, could you, could you remind them to, to get along? Yep. And he just, but he can say that because he says in the very beginning, we're partners in the gospel right. and I'm very confident God's going to finish what he started. And I think of, you know, for, for our listeners, Roy, and for the people who do partner with us in all the different ways, you know, for them to have that level of trust and ownership with us, uh, and for us with them, for, for there to be, you, you keep using the term meaningful connection, you know, like if we believe meaningful connections are what will help a child flourish, who is vulnerable, why would we believe that it wouldn't be the case for us? We need those meaningful connections and our ministry needs those meaningful connections as, as well. And God, I think is pleased to work through that, uh, you know, for the good of CH, for the good of his church and for, you know, for, for his glory in the world. It's how he well, works. And I think this is what it means. This is, I think this is what it looks like. It's like the beautiful messiness of the gospel, yep. right? Is this idea of meaningful connection, shared purpose. We're on a rescue mission. And I, again, think about Philippians too. Let that we, you know, I get, be careful the rabbit trail we're about to take, but Philippians two is what does it tell us? It's like, we need to take on the very nature of God. who did what? He humbled himself. Yep. Right. And so there, this requires a ton of humility, it requires a ton of just leaning into the messiness and, and, and out of our own brokenness, something beautiful comes out of it. And it's Jesus. It's, yep. it's healthiness. It's flourishing. You know, when we're able to really look at that, but it's hard to do that when we're not having a similar understanding of, of the call that God has placed in our lives. Yep. And I think for us to be able to mobilize the church is we have to have that, that shared purpose of understanding the gospel understanding what trauma is and how do we, you know, how do we um, sincerely respond um, and partner well together in that? That's good. That's great. Well, we'll in there and, and we will say as we, as we end, you know, what, what are we asking of you as the listener? You know, we do, we want to trust that God's going to work in your heart 
as you're listening. And you might say, these two goons, I don't trust them. Okay. <laughs> I get that. You don't know if you don't know us. But hopefully you might say, you know what? This sounds intriguing to me. This sounds interesting. Not just because of the work they do, but because of the way they're approaching it. We'd love to hear from you. That'd be that'd be kind of call to action number one. Absolutely. Contact us through the podcast platform you're listening on or Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever you're watching this. That'd be that'd be number one. Number two, on our show notes and on our social medias, uh, you can find the link to subscribe to our newsletter. We would love for you to subscribe to that. Uh, we don't get anything out of that other than you getting an email once a month, uh, letting you know how God's working through Christian heritage. And then, and then another way would be, and if God is putting on your heart to in some way tangibly care for a child or an adult, a parent, you want to be a mentor, uh, or you can provide tangible, you know, goods, like, you know, stuff Roy was talking about earlier, diapers, mowing a lawn, providing, you know, formula, all that kind of stuff. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. And then the last way and a significant way for us right now is, is through fundraising. Yep. Uh, we, we're looking really for regular uh, monthly partners who want to contribute financially to our ministry uh, to help sustain what we do for vulnerable children. And so those are, those are a whole bunch of ways that you can partner. Um, and all of them are significant. And of course, whatever role you're, you're playing, uh, and whoever you are, we hope and we pray that you're praying for us. Please, please be praying for us. Um, we can all do that. Uh, and so anything you want to add there? Yeah, you, you said it really well. Great. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and tuning in. Do appreciate that. Another way to partner would be to rate this uh, and share it and let people know that we're doing this podcast and these live streams helps more people discover us. Well, Roy, thanks for the conversation today. It was good, man. It's great. Thank you, James. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and share so more people can find us. If you have a question or a topic you want us to cover, you can reach out to us through our website at chne.org.